there's the herd talking about Mayfield being noisy. Okay, I I think there was a time when Baker was noisy. I don't think he's, he's quieted down quite a bit. He has. Uh, I I think Baker's situation is more about you know skill than anything. I mean, there, I don't think there's any doubt. We can blame it on a lot of stuff. You can blame it on. Um, you know, injuries they had on the offensive line, injuries that Baker Mayfield had. He played with that torn labrum all season. That's just brutally tough. You know, there's there's a lot of things to go around. But, you know, the, I, I think the big knock on Baker is, I think it's skill-based, right, and talent-based at that level. And we'll see. It's going to be a big year for him. I don't think it's about – the crazy things that Baker's saying because he hasn't said anything. No, in not in a, while. a long time. Maybe since he was on this radio show about Sam right. Ellinger. That's right. Well, here's the other thing: Aaron Rodgers is not noisy. Aaron Rodgers doesn't say or do hardly anything. Now, there's a ton of people that follow him and want to critique and twist and dive into every little thing that he says or does. But Aaron Rodgers, at least in my opinion, I don't see him out creating some huge stir week in, week out. I I think people may make some things out of some different things that he says, but I, I don't know. I don't see that angle at all with Aaron Rodgers. And I know a lot of people do. But worst thing Aaron Rodgers has done is uh, look like a hippie for seven consecutive months now. Right, maybe even longer than that. Yeah, grow that beard and uh, that hair out. But he could use a a shampooing in that shiny haircut <laughs> that he's got. Do you think we will uh, immediately not be airing the Browns games anymore if Baker Mayfield no longer plays for the team? Like there, there the is rotation. a there is a big uh, section of Browns fans here in Oklahoma. I feel like that ends immediately the day that he doesn't play for the team anymore. Yeah, you've you've had the you're going to be going right back to the uh, Sunday ticket uh, if if he doesn't start playing better. Yeah, the Browns games are are not going to be shown, and I I don't know. There's there's a lot of people speculating maybe that they're a player for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. You know, I don't know how much truth there is to that. I know this. Uh, Deshaun Watson is – there's no way around it. He is a much more productive NFL football player than Baker Mayfield is. You know who I'm not su- even close. Yeah. You know who I'm surprised is not really making a serious run for Deshaun Watson? Go ahead. Robert Kraft. Yeah. Seems like those two guys have a lot in common, right? Oh, I didn't even put that together. I'm yeah. glad you had the tagline on the end of the joke. Yeah, you're welcome. That was great. Uh, spring break this week, and then I guess OU's going to hit the practice field coming up, what, next week? Yeah. Uh, when it came to the off-season conditioning program, they kind of eased into things a little bit, yeah. you know, before really getting into the heavy stuff. Is that going to be the case with spring ball? Like, what, what's what are the what's the first week or so? Like, I don't think that they're going to go full pads and good on good scrimmage or anything like that. Is it all going to be about the fundamentals? Now, you have to have a certain amount of like just helmets only practices, and used to. Like whenever I was there, we always did like the three 
non-padded practices, one, two, three, get them out of the way. Um, the rest is going to be full pads. Here we go. Some people have changed that now to where they kind of scatter those um, just helmet practices throughout the spring. I don't know what Venable's routine is going to be, but my guess is it's it's probably they're going to have like an acclimation day. They'll get out there, kind of go through the whole practice routine and how things are going to be structured with a helmets only practice. They may do two days of that and then they'll get right into it pretty quickly. So, and I know they've been doing stuff, uh, walkthroughs. You can be out on the field and do football stuff now. You used to not be able to do very much of it at all. You've got more time to do it now, and they can even use footballs now. They used to not be able to use footballs uh, in those um, walkthrough practices, but they can now. So they have a little bit of background offensively and defensively on on what they're going to be getting into. But, um, you know, you'd be surprised. They hit the ground running pretty quickly, full blast, even though you're yeah. still learning new well, stuff. Well, I, I got to think, like, the, the big thing is just – Back to the basics here. I'm sure they've watched a lot of film from last year. Yeah, we got to tackle better. We got to do. They got to. They got to be fundamentally a better football team. So that's what it's about. Is I mean, they're going to be installing their thing, sure, but it's mostly about <laughs> the, the 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 first things that you learn in the game. That's that's probably what they're going to do. Go back to the basics. Yeah, which is that. That's what this. That's good. That's what this program needs right now. They need a spring where. They really focus, get back to the basics, and just be how much better would this defense be if they were just a better tackling group? You'd be amazed yep. how much better the numbers would be if they just did the most simple thing possible for a defense, just tackle better. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I, it really helps that you know when you're installing a new defense, it helps that you're also installing a new offense. It wouldn't be a whole lot of fun in spring if you're putting in a new defense and you're you're out there against an offense with existing guys everyone knows that system they're like clicking at full speed and you're trying to get guys lined up in the right spot that can be that can be brutal which when Venables was down at like whenever he first went to Clemson he talked about how tough that was because sure. th- their offense had like Sammy Watkins and you know, just a bunch of guys on there that were really, really Well, how good. about Bob going to Florida? I mean, yeah. Florida had the fun and gun offense, and I, I think it's in Bob's book. Is You know, Bob was hired because Florida what played Nebraska in the Orange Bowl, Orange Bowl or Fiesta Bowl, and got blown off the field by a legendary Nebraska team. Bob was hired to get the defense to a level where Florida could win a national championship. He ended up accomplishing that. But at first, he didn't have the guys, and Florida was built around its offense. And I think he mentions a story in there where Spurrier is just running up and down the field on him on the first scrimmage that they have. And Spurrier, like, yells at him, Bobby, you going to get us a stop today? You going to force a punt? And I, Bob is not the guy to take that that kind of, uh, you know, take that kind oh, of talk. Yeah. And I, th- I think in the book he says he got really, really, really upset with Coach Spurrier. I imagine. Listen to this. Deshaun Watson, now he didn't play this season. His last season was the 2020 season. Number one quarterback in the NFL. um, 70% completion, 4,800 yards passing, 33 touchdowns, 
seven interceptions. Number one, um, just an unbelievable season that he put together. There's no doubt the dude is is absolutely legit. Yeah. And um, I think he had a couple of uh, rushing touchdowns in there as well. So, athletic. He's a game changer. But you know what you're getting now. You, you've definitely got baggage. So, I, I don't know how teams um, – but I, I imagine the full-court press is going to be out there for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Travis on the text line saying that uh, he's in Cleveland meeting with the Browns today. So. Mm. Okay, so what happens? I wonder what Baker does, like kind of sitting on the sidelines watching that today. Yeah, how do you handle that know. as a quarterback? I, it's it's got to be worrisome. It's got to be worrisome. Is is he going to be shipped to Houston? I I mean, if there's a trade, I mean that's been the thought now for what about four days or so. Is if if a trade happens. Baker will be the starting quarterback for the Texans next year. Well, he'll be, he'll be battling with, uh, what, Davis Mills, I guess, for the starting job. And Oboe just got traded to the Texans today as well. Really? All so right. Baker and Oboe can reunite down there in the uh, AFC South. Davis Mills, Stanford kid, right? Uh, he's got a really long neck, so I think that that <laughs> normally means Stanford kid, yes. Uh, wow. That's wild. Wild, wild, wild. Um I don't know. Fascinating to see. I, I hate to to sound negative towards Baker, but Deshaun Watson at Cleveland is that's if they pull that off, that's a squad. Yeah, and in an odd and unfair way, if it looks like they're going to pull it off, but something comes crashing down at the last second, and Deshaun Watson ends up going elsewhere, like the anger from the fan base will be taken oh, out yeah, on that's true. Baker. And that's, again, that's totally unfair, but that's normally how it happens. We're left with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Think about the North. You'd have Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, um, Deshaun Watson all in one division and wherever Pittsburgh settles. So that's wild. Back hmm. to uh, OU spring football, though. Is there ever going to be a point in the spring? I know we're not really at, at practices. But like, what's what is this coaching staff gonna have to see at the end of spring ball to say, yeah, okay, we we made the best with the amount of practices that we have. We accomplished what we needed to accomplish here in months time, one month's time. Well, I don't think it's as like as groundbreaking or as detailed as you want it to be. You're always going to have mistakes in practice, and and that is built in. Whether you are a Super Bowl winner or a, a team with a losing record in, you know, in the Big Twelve, like there's going to be mistakes made in practice. That's what it's for. You just hope that you continue to make fewer of them. You have guys that are not making the same mistakes over and over. And you're able to progress through through your install and and some of the different things that you're wanting to do and, and feel like you're having success. And guys are really what you want to do is is have a great system, you know, X's and O's wise schematically, but you don't want the system to be a burden for your athletes. You have to find the perfect marriage between how much can we do. But we don't want to. We don't want to slow our guys down. We don't. You know, we need them to be able to fly around out there, and that's different with every roster. 
You know, you know, Clemson with a bunch of experience. You know, Venables may have had that defense a well-oiled machine to where you had a bunch of guys playing really fast. Now you come install it, and you know maybe it takes a while before you got to really peel back what you were doing. On the flip side, maybe you've got a bunch of smart guys that grab it. The lingo is good. the The way it's delivered to them makes great sense, and they're able to carry it out there and. They can do a whole bunch of things pretty quickly. You just kind of have to play with that. And, and, you know, if you can walk away saying that we definitely found our best 11 guys on both sides of the ball, I think you have to be yeah. happy with and that. And there will be a learning curve offensively, but there's a, definitely a chance there's more of a learning curve defensively, at no least doubt. initially, than there is offensively. And that's what annoys me a bit that these national guys aren't looking at is the importance of having – an experienced and an established quarterback for your first year on the job. Uh, having Heupel, I, I know he only played Juco ball, but having Heupel for Bob's first year, I mean, that was that was a massive difference maker. Muleshoe having Baker for his first year. I mean, there, there's a lot of examples that you could kind of go down. But, yeah, Brent Vittables is a first-year head coach. He's more than ready for this, but he's also not breaking in a true freshman quarterback. You, you can't really deny the importance of having a guy with this type of resume being your quarterback in the first year. And his resume is better than anyone else's in the Big 12 Conference right now. Right. That's a big deal. Yep. Yep, that's true. And a quarterback who's been with the current OC. Right. His resume is better as far as production. Um, you know, there's – people would argue that – you know, playing in a non-power five, like that, that kind of limits what you can say your resume is. But I'm I'm not necessarily one of those people. I'm the thing I'm most interested in, and developmentally for the spring, I think is the most important is what happens on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. No doubt, offensive line, defensive line. If if we make big strides there. And and the coaches walk away saying, "Hey, we we've got some guys on the line of scrimmage." Then I feel good about it. If they walk away saying, "We're going to have to find a way to to generate offense without being able to move people off the ball," we're going to have to figure out a way to play defense without you know getting to the quarterback or having you know a, a really good run stoppers up front. Then probably not going to be in panic mode, but not going to be what you want coming out I'll of I'll be pretty surprised if if that's if that's the case, the latter. But best case scenario is we roll out of spring and they're telling people going in the summer, like, yeah, we're going to be able to push people off the ball and get to the quarterback up front. Right. Yeah. That, that's best case scenario for this team. Because if that happens, then let's start discussing some uh, college football playoff. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though they're a three seed in this make-believe 64-team mm. bracket, and had to uh, rally from two touchdowns down against Tech and rally against Wake Forest in the second round, yes, I will be ready to have those conversations. <laughs> rally against Wake. Uh, that's 41-38 nice. was the final score against Wake, by the Ooh. way. Just gone out of there alive. Lucky. Dylan Gabriel Lucky. had to throw a touchdown pass uh, on a third and long. Nice. Hey, that's, that's good. That's not easy to do. That's like a Tua in the national championship, right? Or was that second down? Uh, second. Second and 26. Was uh, what it was. 
Well, I I, I don't know. It's kind of hard. I'm I'm in a I'm in a spot where I really really like the staff. I I really like some of the returning players. Others I I just frankly don't know a whole heck of a lot about. Um, you know, there's there's some transfers on both sides of the ball that you know we're going to be asking to be in some critical roles: defensive line, offensive line, quarterback. Maybe some secondary players. You know, there's there's some spots out there where if these guys are upgrades over what we thought we had coming in, like that means something big. But if they're not, you know, it kind of leaves us in a in a spot to say, like, how talented are we really going to be on the line of scrimmage in some of these spots? In the Big Twelve, we'll be fine. But where do we compare nationally? I do like the fit of head coach. Well, I like the, the fit of the uh, head coach for pretty much everything in this program right now. That's pretty well documented. But especially for a situation like this in the spring, because I think he's seen a very similar situation three times. Be, you know, entering into a full-time position role at Kansas State maybe trying to pick up the pieces defensively a little bit from Bob Stoops leaving, right? You get to Oklahoma, you're trying to bring defense back. Like The point is, he's kind of been in this situation in the past, going into a spring and knowing that you've got to get a lot accomplished in a short amount of time. He did yeah. that at OU, he did that at Clemson, and he's going to have to do it at OU again starting you know, next week. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a positive that he's seen – what that needs to look like a few times before. Right, and the good thing is they can they can stretch it pretty good. Um, they can stretch it pretty good. They can get they can get quite a bit done throughout spring because it's not you don't have those those practices where they're really really packed in there. There's plenty of time for film review and stuff like that, and to learn between practices. That's that's one of the good things about the pace there. So, yeah. Feel good about it. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Keep hitting this uh, text line, You know, no big deal. Just continuing to roll. Four games in Hawaii, four run rules over the weekend. New episode of Diamond Envy is out. And yes, we have guest Michelle Smith on the podcast. ESPN Ah. college softball analyst, two-time gold medal winner. Michelle was awesome, very gracious with her time. We had a good old time on the podcast talking some softball, so be sure to check out the newest episode of Diamond Envy in Apple. I, I'd been working on for three days trying to get the Hawaii softball coach on because he presented Jocelyn Allo with a lay. Like she hits the home run, he right. walks over to their side of the dugout, like puts a lay on, and like everyone's going crazy, right? So I'm like, dang. If I could have Michelle Smith and the Hawaii softball head coach on the same podcast, that'd be legit. Didn't hear from him. Called his office yesterday, nothing. Emailed him on Sunday, nothing. Teddy, I swear to you, I hit publish today. This guy calls me back finally. 
Wow. So I wasn't able to to get him on this episode, but I'll get him on a later episode. He had some really cool things mm. to say uh, about Jocelyn, and he made the decision early on that he was going to pitch to her, to which I said, thank you, sir. Thank you for not being scared of the best hitter in college softball and going right at her. Right. Uh, that's so interesting to me, like, that anyone has to really make that decision like his ad was asking him if he was going to pitch to her like everyone that he encountered hey you going to pitch to Allo this weekend i know that's not how they sound in hawaii but that's what i'm envisioning (laughs) (laughs) that's so weird to me i I understand it uh, to some point but as soon as the game as soon as you you fall behind and you kind of have an understanding of where things are going to go, you have to pitch to her. And I would I would even suggest you pitch to her in the regular course of a game because I don't know how much difference it's going to make with the lineup that they have offensively putting a, a runner on. Every yeah, time I, she's no up. one's been watching film or checking previous scores. It's not like uh, walking all low has meant OU's only scored two runs. Like, oh, right. we'll intentionally put her on. When teams have started doing that, they've only they started having to win games two to one. No, they've still been running. It's run, a run rule, people. everyone. It's been all Actually, of- whenever she's been pitched to, they haven't run ruled people. <laughs> right. Right? Well, I, they pitched to her this weekend. They still, you know, run ruled four teams, but. Yeah. Whatever, uh, honestly, and I said this in the latest episode of Diamond Envy, as annoyed as I still am about that whole situation, especially Cal intentionally walking her up like 8 nothing late in the game, it created a pretty incredible storybook ending, you know? And not only just that, not only is it cool that she got to break the record in Hawaii, but OU's only played one home game up to this point. And the next games that they play, the next five games – or in Oklahoma City this weekend. So can you imagine the excitement and the reception that she and the rest of this team is going to get uh, playing in OKC this weekend? That worked out perfectly. It did. Set the record in Hawaii back home, go to OKC and play this weekend. That That is going to be a big-time atmosphere. It's going to be awesome. Um, excited about that. Yeah, that's got to be cool. Uh, you know, and I don't know. She probably would have preferred to break the record, you know, really early to get it done to get it behind her because even though like, she's a really experienced player even though she's breaking the record of Lauren Chamberlain who she has a really good relationship with even though there's like all that familiarity this was expected you knew it was going to come you know leading up to this year you, you weren't sure exactly when it was going to occur but you had a good feeling that it was going to come down it still is it's it's still a, a massive distraction, right? There's there's everyone wants to talk to you. You you feel like you're being pulled in a bunch of different ways. You have to answer questions about it. When's it going to happen? Where do you want it to happen? Uh, do you care if it happens? Have you talked to Lauren Chamberlain? Have you, what's Coach Gasso said about it? What is you know? It's it's just a lot to deal with, and it's good, right? Attention is good, and being able to have that notoriety is good. But at the end of the day. You just want to play softball and play it to the the best of your ability, and you know. So I'm I'm sure it's been a massive relief to get all of it behind her. Uh, when I hung up the phone with Coach Bob out there in uh, Hawaii, mm-hmm. he said aloha to cap things off. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> if you were in that situation, how would you have responded? With an aloha back or just how you normally say bye to anyone? Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Coach Boomer. I said, "See you, dude." I, I I freaked out. I panicked. I didn't know. I didn't know whether to say it back or see you, how, dude. I was like, "Yes, you did." And then that yeah, was it. Yeah, it's not bad if it if it all floated out. Not very professional at all. See you, dude. But that's that's what happened. I I, I panicked. Is that? I mean, I, I know aloha. I, I I obviously I know the meaning, but is that like the common? day-to-day dialect is that the common usage in hawaii that's what dog the bounty hunter always said so i'm inclined to believe that that's that's what goes on there because it would also be very effective as a not troll but you throw that at people from the mainland right whenever you're having a conversation to throw them into exactly the situation that was presented to you he got right. me. It's like, uh, 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 uh see, see yeah. you, dude. Yeah, thanks, coach. See you, dude. <laughs> That's amazing. He probably thought, what a tool. Oh, what my idiot. gosh. Amazing. That's great. I love that. Hmm. Well, fantastic stuff. I'm glad that um, you got him. You're going to put it on a later podcast. Yeah. Uh, they're going to go undefeated? No. Who are they going to lose to? At know. Kentucky next Tuesday? Oklahoma State? Texas? Baylor? UMKC? Don't know. But they will lose a game in the regular season. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I call, and everyone likes to remind me, that, I yes, I jinxed the OU softball team one time last Georgia. year in the Georgia game, all right? You've not let me live it down. The text line is not. I, I think I predicted a uh, undefeated season uh, early on, maybe on the first weekend. It's looking pretty good. It's looking pretty good. They got a tough game at Kentucky. A week from today. Tennessee took him to extras. Yes. They'll, they'll definitely have another close game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll be in some battles for sure. I would say I would say they do. And frankly, I... You want him to lose a game before you get to post, postseason? Patty I, said that helped last year. I, th- I think it does. I think it takes that pressure off of, of trying to have the perfect season and... Once you lose one, you can kind of free up and loosen up and get back to, to maybe playing your game instead of maybe playing cautious or or a little tentative. I don't know. Maybe there's no effect at all. But but in the greatest teams discussion, man, if you go undefeated all the way through, you're going to have something that you know no OU team has ever been able to say before. Right. And I maybe they don't care about – you know, the conversation of best OU team ever, but you go undefeated, that's it's pretty pretty strong. Has it happened there. before someone gone undefeated? Oh, I'm sure Arizona or UCLA back in the day did. I, right. I don't one hundred percent know to be honest with you, but I, I'm sure when the, the Pac twelve was dominating things, maybe Arizona or UCLA did. Yeah. That's probably right. And and I think it's become I think it's a good thing, but it's become less regionalized. And Actually, I don't know. They they play so many games. I don't know if it's ever happened before. Someone will know. They'll hit us on the text line, I'm All sure. All James Madison need to do last year is throw Woo. Odyssey Alexander every single game. And no they, doubt. They've gotten pretty close to going undefeated. No doubt. No doubt. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned.
It is the rush on the ref. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. First of all, quick shout out to our buddies over at Roof Tech. Uh, Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, can handle any of your roofing needs. Uh, been in business for a long time. Tons of experience, whether it's just quick repairs or a full-on roof replacement. Let the guys at Roof Tech take care of you. Um, I saw this, which I thought was interesting, kind of like the um, um, – what is it, um, Bonilla situation we have every year. Did you see that King Griffey Jr. is still the sixth highest paid player on the Cincinnati Reds roster? No, I had no idea. That's not a story that gets talked about enough. <laughs> wow. So I guess whenever he signed his big deal um, back in 2000, $112 million deal, a lot of it ended up being deferred. Uh, just to spread it out because he had the injury issues and everything. So I guess he still collects uh, a a decent amount every year from them. Um, Let's see how much – I'm trying to find where the the final total total is. Maybe a little bit over a million bucks uh, every year from the Reds. Six highest paid player on roster. That's how you do it, man. Yeah. Play the long game, dude. Yeah. Just uh, just go ahead and defer all that out. Um, He he gets – Oh, sorry. He gets $3.59 million a year, started in 2009, and goes until 2024. Nice, right? Six highest paid player on roster. That's amazing. Um, to all of the old school wrestling fans, uh, WWE, WCW, did you see that Scott Hall? Did, last night, yeah. Razor Ramon passed away, 63 years old, recently had a hip surgery, and had complications from a blood clot after the hip surgery and passed away. Was one of my favorites. Loved watching the NWO with WCW. I hated to see that. Yeah, that was tough. I, I think he did he pass away today? I, I know that he was hospitalized today. last night. So I think yeah. maybe it was, but that's that's sad news. That's a that's an era, man, for for a lot of wrestling fans for sure. No Including doubt. you. I've never yeah. talked about I never heard you talk about wrestling. Yep. I, there was a brief little span there um, in the late 90s whenever me and all my fa- friends followed it pretty closely there. WC, we were mainly WCW fans, but uh, watched both. He was, he was a favorite. Now, I saw this, which I thought was fascinating. Kyrie Irving, which we all understand Kyrie's situation. Unvaccinated unyielding to the pressure that was applied to him, wasn't able to play in in a lot of their games for places that uh, required the vaccination, still not able to play at home games. Made a bit of a stir whenever he came, sat courtside as a fan for a game, right? Went back to the locker room after the game and – it comes out that he's able to go as a fan, but he can't go to the locker room with the teammates that he practices with every day. And it's so weird. And man. play. He, they got fined fifty thousand dollars because he was in the locker room with the guys that he's around every single day. Anyways, just amazing that they're still. They're still doing that. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I, I really thought that we were past it. Honestly, I thought uh, after the Russian inv- invasion of Ukraine <laughs> that uh, COVID was over. Right. It's- but I guess Barack Obama recently had it. He's over it. Um, but the, the – oh, gosh. 
What's what's still going on with that situation is unbelievable. And look, Kyrie Irving, <laughs> the rest of the league has to think a certain way about him after this whole thing. But that that is that is that's ridiculous. Right, 50k is nothing to them, but 50k is 50k. It's ridiculous. It's it's still fifty thousand dollars for everyone to look at it and say this is it, it's absurd that this is happening. But uh, it just kind of makes a mockery of it because everyone looks at it and says it doesn't make any sense. It has there's no reasoning behind it. They can throw science at you all they want, but it just does not hold up. You got any more? That's it. All right. First for me, OU baseball fans are not happy right now because the OU Texas home series has been moved to Arlington. Now, one of the reasons, or maybe the reason why it's happening, is the Rangers mm-hmm. will not be in town that weekend because, uh, well, baseball is postponed with everything that's happened this offseason. Right. So OU in Texas taking its spot at Globe Live Field in Arlington, Texas. Texas has not visited OU, Eldale Mitchell Park, since the year before COVID. So it's been, what, three years since Texas played a series right. at OU. Finally set to come back, and they're moving the game to Arlington. Has a lot of OU fans, especially season ticket holders, very, very upset. You're about to ask why this is happening? Yes. I don't know. My only guess is, and the only guess that I've heard, is that the Texas Rangers has offered OU a pretty decent little deal money-wise to, go, to come and do this, and they're going to use that money to help renovate the stadium as the program enters into the SEC. But regardless of what the situation is, OU fans are not happy about this. I, well, I don't blame them. I can, I can understand that they're not happy. I wouldn't be happy. Eh, I don't know. I may be happy if I was a player, a chance to play in a big league ballpark. No, they already played in that ballpark yeah. uh, this year. I, I want to play in front of my home fans against my biggest rival. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's what I would think, but I, I guess I would. I, I didn't know from the player's perspective. I mean, yeah. if this was like the the Baylor series, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Gotcha. Right, gotcha. But what, essentially what you're doing – is you're changing a home series into a road series because there will be more Texas fans than OU fans at Globe Life Field. I mean, right. There there's will be. That wouldn't have been the case in Norman. So I totally get why the fans are so upset about this. And, I mean, th- this makes conference play all of a sudden a whole lot more or a whole lot more difficult. Yeah. I don't know. That's frustrating. It, it, what did Skip Johnson say about it? Uh, he said he's he's fine with it, and he's looking forward to it. That's what he said on the T-Row in the morning show earlier today. He's been an underdog his whole life, so let's just roll, man. Well, he has no choice. I wonder what he really feels about it, right? It, and that may be how he really feels. Doesn't matter where we play. Don't care. Let's go. Let's go win the thing. That may be honestly where where his thoughts lie. But I would think he would want to play the biggest rival in, in front of his home crowd. I, I think any coach would. I, that payday better be big, and I can't imagine it's big. I can't imagine that there's so big that you'd, you'd move that that series. No. I'm I'm kind of with you, man. I guess Elon Musk has challenged Vladimir Putin to a head-to-head fight for Ukraine. Who you got, Elon Musk or Vladimir Putin? Uh, I'd take Putin. I we've seen some videos of him with with some pretty nice little moves. I is he? I think he's a. Former, I could be wrong on this, 
I think he's a former, like, what you would consider CIA. KGB. Here. Yeah, I don't think it's KGB. I think it's something else, but maybe it is KGB. I thought it was KGB. You may be right, but I think it's like maybe the equivalent of CIA or something like that. I mean, he's got at least some type of training. Now, I think he's really old, and uh, like he I don't may know. have old man strength, though. Yeah, I don't know how effective he is, but Elon Musk, I, I just I don't know. He's really good at what he does. The guy's brilliant, has a brain that is just on a another level, but I don't know how he would do in hand-to-hand combat. You know, like in um, the movie Troy, when they send Achilles out, Brad Pitt, to fight the gigantic dude on the other side? Like, I don't know that that's what we would be getting with Elon Musk. <laughs> no, there's 0% chance that that's I what we'd be getting. I think you're getting... And I mean this in the best way possible, but I think you're getting a dork going out there. Yeah, probably so. Uh, last one I have, there's a Russian oligarch right now. He is yeah. sailing around the seven seas. Frozen assets, forced to sell off your beloved EPL team. Uh, his best friend is a mass-murdering psychopath, <laughs> but he's got about a billion-dollar yacht right now, and he's fled to international waters, and it sounds like he's just hanging out there living the good life right now. Nice. So there's a picture of his yacht, and uh, yeah, <laughs> he's got a nice little armada going on right now. Going to have to get fuel and resupply somehow, but his best friend is what? Uh, a mass-murdering psychopath, which is uh, the, the guy that we just talked about, right. Vladimir Putin. Well, I don't know. I, I saw somewhere that one of the Russian oligarchs has a million-dollar bounty on Putin's head right now. That's it? Putin's head is worth way more than a million dollars. I didn't know these oligarchs were so cheap. Yeah. Is I, he going to take out taxes after the... Do you get taxed for that, too? Well... You, you go kill the most evil man on earth and get a million dollars and you still have to pay taxes on it? Yeah, whenever you file that, you just say services rendered. <laughs> Seriously. You don't say what you actually went and did to earn it. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Cavens Construction, bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Tuesday. Give Cavens a call today, 405-573-3048. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma, can help take the ease off of your staff by fixing those pesky problems in your office building. Again, that number is 405-573-3048. Tulsa, you can give them a call, 918-282-7612. OU Women, I know we talked yesterday get a home game for the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. 9 p.m. start time on uh, Saturday against IUPUI. So we're going to have to really? uh, stay up a little late for that one. 9 p.m. tip. Okay. Two hmm. NCAA tournament games tonight. A&M Corpus Christi, you were raving about their campus earlier, taking on Texas Southern, matchup of two 16 seeds. Uh, but Indiana and Wyoming at 810 on True TV. Let's go Wyoming. Yeah. Death to the Big Ten <laughs> in this NCAA tournament, dude. 
I haven't seen Wyoming, but some people have said that they're they're pretty decent basketball team. I've right? uh, I've actually watched Wyoming a couple times. Once against Colorado State, the other against Boise State. Mm-hmm. Won both those basketball games at home. I mean, yeah, they're they're good. They're a good little basketball team. Okay, they are a four and a half point dog against Indiana. Well, they're they're going to win straight up. I hope so. Let's go. Uh, let's clear the old Big Ten out of there, which, would they get nine teams in? Yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing if every single one of them lost the first weekend? Um, it would be amazing. It would be be right up my alley. That's what I'm I'm hoping for. And I would like to see the Big 12 minus Texas perform really well. like to have an all Big 12, well, I guess not all Big 12, um, Baylor, Tech, Making the final four yeah, would not, be awesome. Texas. No. Text line says uh, Elon Musk has trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he also has experience in karate, taekwondo, and judo. He isn't all dork. Mm, yeah. Okay. I will take some of that training. There's still 40% dork in there, and that's enough. Yeah. Most, most guys at his level of intellect don't have the raw – brute ability to kill someone with their bare hands okay he's kind of above that uh so to speak all right quick timeout more from the rush coming up final hours next